Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leap. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. And we're back with the Rink Moose podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Neese, and I'm joined by my illustrious teammate, Nicholas Costu. Things are going to get a little tense in this preview of the top 10 defense in the NHL in terms of fantasy hockey. So uh, we're not going to waste any time. We know you guys want this content, so we're going to give it right to you. And uh, we're going to start off with the defenseman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will start. Or you want to go first this time, Kyle? Let, let's do that. Sure. Let's, yeah. Uh, we'll, let, let's have you take the lead here. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll start off at uh, number one in the D, and we'll, again we'll go one to five, and then swap. So number one, I have Brent Burns of the San Jose Sharks. Um, he's one of the major beneficiaries of the uh, Eric Carlson deal. He's a shot beast uh, with a capital B. This guy can just win weeks in shots single-handedly um he's only going to be getting better passes on that uh, power play he's only going to be getting better passes from uh from his his d partners uh so I, he might even shoot even more this year uh and also he's the the biggest defenseman scoring threat in the in the entire league in terms of pure goals perspective uh burns is capable of putting up 30 goals as a defenseman and no one else can really say that um especially this year. So uh, moving on to number two, we'll go to Eric Carlson, the man himself. Uh, He's a legitimate point per game threat. He could get 80 points on this San Jose team. Um, And they're all around better than the Sens. So there's so many things that you could say will go better for Carlson, Uh, better talent around him, better situation. Uh, Even the climate of the media is just going to be so favorable. And they look like they're welcoming him with uh, open arms. So, yeah, not much to say about Eric Carlson. He's going to do what he always has. And uh, one another quick thing on him is that he actually started last year a little slow because he was coming off a, a serious ankle injury, actually. Or, uh, yeah, th- I think it was the ankle injury. But as he got better and more comfortable with that, then he actually started putting up his point-per-game pace once again. So nothing's changed with Eric Carlson. His health is perfectly fine. Uh, number three, Victor Hedman plays on one of the best teams in hockey and is a legitimate threat to put up 70 plus points every year. Uh, I'd like him to shoot more, but, uh, he covers all categories relatively well, and he's going to be the number one guy on that sweet power play. So yeah, Hedman is just a very, very safe pick for, uh, for number three there. Um, now I have Dustin Bufflin of the Winnipeg Jets, and this is the uh, the multi-category beast. He's got shots, he's got hits, he can do points, he's on the top power play, uh, all on one of the best rosters in hockey. So I know he's getting uh, a little bit up there in age, but uh, 
but he's shown he can do it in the past and I th- expect another excellent season out of him. At the very least, he's going to get my peripherals down. So uh, that's why I like Dustin Bufflin there. Maybe not a, as a high of a point ceiling as some of the other guys, but uh, again, the peripherals. Uh, number five, I have Chris Letang. Now Letang says he's feeling better than he ever has in camp after getting over a tough couple of years in Pittsburgh there. Uh, last time they won the cup, he was actually out for the entire playoff run. Last year was, he played a relatively decent amount of games, but he was maybe not quite his old self. He is also a, a multi-category beast with uh, a lot of shots, actually a surprising amount of hits as well, and uh, just plays on that scary Pittsburgh power play. So yeah, if, if all things go right for Latang and, and he feels as he says he does, then we could be seeing the the Latang of old, which is a very, very good defenseman. Nick? Yeah, all, all solid. I, I think we, well, there's definitely some difference here, but but the, the, the rationale you're going with in the ones we do have in common is is pretty on point, mm-hmm. uh, me, me and you both. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, one, two, Burns Carlson. Uh, yep. to ho- jump off the hop here. Um, now, you mentioned something about how Carlson may boost Burns' value. I-, I may have something to say about that. He may have to, you know, let Carlson jump in there and then get his fair share of shots too. So just, I don't know, I see it more of a competition thing than an actual, you know, beneficiary of the player. Mm-hmm. I think the forwards may benefit, but I think Burns may be at a bit of a handicap there. So something to keep an eye on. I could be wrong, but... I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a, a slight shot reduction from from Big Burnsy okay. uh, this year, but but you know too I do like Carlson. I, I think it's great for him. He's going to have a much much more talented players around him: Vander Kane, Pavelski, Kochur, Thornton, um, just just a lot more guys around him rather than just in Ottawa where it was basically just you know Duchene and Stone and, and pretty much it. So I, I think with the with the surrounding supporting cast, with the new scenery, you mentioned the media, less stress. Um, I, I think you'll, you'll see another great year from Carlson, uh, maybe even a career year. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so Burns number one, Carlson number two. Number three, I have the leading point getter of all defensemen last season, John Carlson. Oh. No relation to Eric Carlson. Name spelled different for those who don't know. But, uh, but yeah, he's number three. Um, I, I like the point total last year. Led the NHL uh, defenseman in points. Like I said, I, I think it was about 68 or 69 which is just mind-boggling for a defenseman. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Anytime you can get to you know close to seventy, definitely worth a lot of lot of lot of respect there. Um, and yeah, you know, no threat on the power play. He's going to have that slot. You're not going to see a guy like a Matt Niskanen, you know, jump in and, and take over his time. He's got that great chemistry with Ovi. They dish the puck amongst each other. He's going to get over 30 power play points. I think that goes without saying. Just given his role, as long as he stays healthy, he's bound to have the same kind of year. Uh, he's got Kuznetsov there with him. He's got Backstrom there with him. Uh, that first power play is just so potent. And, and I think that power play just, it, it almost sells him in itself. That that point right there is a selling point for Carlson just, just by itself. So I like him at three. Number four, love Dustin Bufflin. I love the multi-category uh, coverage you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the few defensemen who can really cover all that stuff. Hits, shots, points. Uh, yes, albeit a lower point total than guys like Carlson and Burns and, and Hedman. But, you know, I'm willing to take a bit of a, a bit of a subtraction in that respect to get, you know, the most hits among defensemen. And, and, and right up there in shots as well. Nothing to scoff at there. So I like him at four, you know. Like I've said with the other players, supporting cast is there. 
He's not going to lose his job on the top PP. Can't see a guy like a Tyler Myers or a, uh, you know, a guy like that stepping in. So I, I like him there at four. And number five, I got Victor Hedman. Uh, top reason for this is, you know, exposure to Tampa, all those stars. Uh, he's going to be on the first power play. You know, Sergeyev's a great player, but I think he's kind of settled in in that number two power play spot. And, uh, and at, of most important, he stays healthy. He's just he's just a rock there on the back end. I know he had a bit of a scare with an injury last season, and people are talking about you know two to four weeks, something about that range. But he ended up missing only five games. Played, I believe, about seventy-seven games, which is great. And uh, yeah, won uh, won the uh, won the Norris. So uh, hopefully he keeps it going. And uh, yeah, very very happy to say Hedman's my number my number five defenseman. Very nice. Okay, I'll start off at number six here. I, I can actually go six seven here because I have Yossi Subban. <laughs> Nice. And um, it's a pick in between the two. It's more down to preference for me. Uh, they both have excellent uh, utility. Um, they both put up uh, good uh, peripherals. But if you want shots, you go Yossi usually. And Subban is the, the better hitter of the two. And uh, yeah, this team is not going to regress offensively. They're going to be uh, just as potent as last year. And a lot of that offense is coming from the blue line. Uh, and then you you got a guy like Forsberg, probably healthy for the whole season, if not uh, seventy eight plus games. So I like that uh, that offensive upside for both of these guys. Um, I'll go on to number eight now, and it's Drew Doughty, uh, amongst the best all around defensemen in the league. He'll produce well in all cats, but won't really overwhelm you in any one particular category. He's the kind of guy that can put up, you know mid 250s um good hits good points i think he was a little over his head last year with 60 points uh look for him to come back to low to mid 50s in my opinion um but he's the guy on on the blue line in, in la and uh they've gotten a bit of a boost over the off season as you like to point out so i like dowdy in that spot uh number nine this is a new one it's an up-and-coming kid seth jones uh he's a complete stud capable of doing it all uh, with high shot rates and a ton of talent and consistency. Um, to me, I look at Jones and I see a minimum of 50 points every year coming up. And uh, just the, the super high shot rates are uh, really attractive to me. Uh, if Panarin stays with the team for the whole season, then that's that's fantastic, even better for Jones. But this is a guy that uh, I, I don't want to let uh, go by. And um, number 10, John Klingberg, super elite point production uh, from John Klingberg, especially on that top line unit with the, with the three stars up there. Uh, their team is a little top heavy, um, which is fine because he's going to be, uh, he's going to be getting, getting those guys the puck. Uh, another key here is Heiskanen will take some pressure off of Klingberg. Um, outside of Klingberg, he doesn't have a lot of help offensively. Um, and he's being really uh, relied upon for for quite a lot in Dallas. So I think Heiskanen will be this this um, this persona that will come in, and he's got a, a lot of hype around him. So it'll let John Klingberg breathe a little bit. He can you know start doing more things creatively, offensively, and he already put up a fantastic offensive season last year. So I could easily see him putting up seventy plus with this roster and um, and just his overall skill level. By the way, just a little side note. Uh, I was tr I was fighting to try to get John Carlson in there, but uh, I I just couldn't. Uh, I do think he's got one of the best uh, 
best jobs in hockey, just feeding Ovi all day on the power play. But, you know, he did have quite a big career year last year. So I don't know, like I could easily put him in there, but uh, you can't go wrong with anyone I mentioned or Carlson. So yeah, just throwing that out there as well. Yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's fair. I just, I, I, I clearly, I see that exposure to Ovi. I value that a little higher than yeah. you do. I think that's because I owed Ovi last year. I saw the chemistry they had, and boy, oh boy, if you could own both those guys, you'd just be, you'd be, be really getting some some great fantasy value there. Um, but moving on here, uh, number six, Johnny Klingberg. I got him higher than you because I think you know what I've said a lot about a lot of the Dallas players is with with Jim Montgomery there now. I think you're going to see, you know, a, a huge boost in uh, in the tempo of their game, and and I think that's going to pay off in, in you know, dur- during the whole season. And, and I, I, you know, he was he already had a high point total last year, about about the high 50s. And uh, and with a guy like Jim there, I could definitely see Klingberg surpassing 60. No one's going to challenge him for power play time, so I think with no threats there, uh, Klingberg can safely get 60 points this year. Uh, number seven, I like Chris Letang. Very same reasons you uh, alluded to. I won't go too much into this. Um, I just think that spot on that Pittsburgh power play is just so lethal with all those stars. Uh, he's such a respected guy in the organization. No one's going to take that spot away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, high shot total could easily get over around 220 shots. Power play points you're looking at anywhere from you know 25 to 30. Um, just you know, and he put up a you know a healthy season last year, which was very refreshing for Latang fans like myself to see. So, if he can keep it going, if they if they can keep you know not throwing him into too many situations, keep his minutes limited so he doesn't injure himself like he did earlier in his career. Um, I, I think he can put together another respectable season. You know, he was in the low 50s in points. Maybe he can get to the mid 50s this year. I think that would be great for a guy like him. Mm-hmm. Um, Number eight and nine, Yossi Subban, back-to-back. Won't get too much into this. We talked about it in the central preview. I like so- Yossi a little more. Or I, actually, I actually chose Subban in that episode, but I thought about it a little more. I value the shots in Yossi. Um, I, I've owned him in the past. was very happy with him. Um, for the most part, stays healthy. Um, the whole power play thing is kind of meh in Nashville. It doesn't matter because they're both going to get about the same power play time given how they kind of divvy that up. Yep. And uh, and yeah, so I, I got no problem putting UC ahead of, Su- ahead of Subban. Subban at nine, I like him. You know, stays healthy. I talked about it. Um, just, you know, overall, he's, he's going to be P.K. Subban. He's going to have, a, you know, a solid year. And number 10, I got my boy Drew Doughty. I'm uh, ha- happy to put him there, mostly because of his multi-category coverage. I, I made a great trade with Kyle last year where I totally, totally thrifted him of Doughty. Um, I, I, I was happy to have him Come on my on. team. He, uh, he, he helped me out big time, uh, power play points. You know, he's going to get that. He's going to be with Kovalchuk and Carter and, and Kopitar, and he's going to get, you know, close to 30 power play points, which is great. Uh, hits, you know, among the biggest hit leaders of defensemen, which I think is great for a guy like him. He, you know, he's a thick guy. He likes to throw the body around. I like that. Um, and then, you know, he's, he's going to score his goal. He's going to take a lot of shots over 200 shots. I think goes without sin and, uh, just a very safe pick stays healthy uh, LA is a team that's very con- like contingent on just this single player staying healthy, very much like a Jonathan Quick. So I, c- I don't think they can afford to have him be injured, and I don't think he will be injured for that very reason. So mm. I'm happy to have him rounding up my uh, my order there at, at number 10. Sweet. All right, let's move right into sleepers. And yeah, I just to touch back on, on your list there, totally agree with all those points. Very, very nice top 10s we've created. 
Um, so yeah, let's go off to, to the sleepers there. I'll start off with um, this guy, Morgan Riley of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, now, it's not that he's getting drafted late again. It's just that he's getting drafted too late for how good he is and the potential that he has. He's the top power play defenseman on uh, one of the best offensive teams in the league. He put up great points last year, over 50, and isn't getting enough respect in these drafts. Uh, he's going behind guys like Rasmus Dahlin, Aaron Ekblad, and Zach Wierenski. Now, these are great players. Uh, it's just, I, there's no way I'd have any of those guys over Morgan Riley because he's just, uh, you know, he's the guy in Toronto, and Toronto is such a juggernaut of offense. I, uh, I don't think I need to go on anymore. Uh, my next guy, uh, these these guys are more deep, deep sleepers. Uh, I don't think they should be. Uh, first guy I'll mention is Jeff Petrie. Uh, he's a top D-man and top power play guy in Montreal. And we all know Montreal is not an offensive juggernaut, but when Weber did go down, Petrie stepped in very valiantly. He's going to cover you excellent in hits. And he's a decent shot taker for a defenseman. And uh, he got about 42 points last year, which is uh, which is very respectable. And it, uh, it would be a good guy to round out the bottom of your defensive roster. Uh, you're probably going to take a hit in plus minus. But, you know, that, that top power play has potential. They have a little bit of skill mixed in there to be quite decent. So he's going to see all that time because Weber's out. When Weber's back, sure, drop him. But in that first half of the season, he's going to be a valuable guy. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum, another guy completely forgotten in Edmonton. This is a top power play guy for the Edmonton Oilers. Now we know how bad the power play was, but he puts up such a great shot volume. Like Clefbaum is, is up there. One of the better sh defensive shooters in the game. Not that it's an excellent shot, but he shoots a lot. Uh, and the power play is bound to improve. So I have high hopes for Clefbaum hitting at least 40 this year. And, uh, those are my sleepers. Yeah, no, I, I like them. I like how they're different than mine. So uh, let's get that going here. Number one, I got Shea Theodore. Um, I know he hasn't signed the contract yet with Vegas, so that's still kind of on the hold, but can't see him missing any time because of that. Um, I, I like him a lot because you obviously got, um, geez, his name always escapes me. Um, who, who's the guy who got suspended? Oh, um, oh, Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt got suspended yeah. 20 games, which opens the door to Shea Theodore to to take over that top power play spot. Really relish that opportunity, mm -hmm. and I think he's going to thrive. I think he's playing. He's going to be on a top unit there with with Pacioretty and Marchessault and, and Carlson and Smith, and and it's really going to pay off. He's going to cement himself on that spot there, and he's going to play the rest of the season on the top PP. And with that, I think his potential skyrockets. Um, you know, maybe a guy who you only see getting a high 20s or low 30s points can most certainly get into the 40s. So for the range he's getting drafted in, which is about, you know, the uh, 160th pick, um, I, I think uh, you definitely got to be excited about that. So Shea Theodore uh, definitely got him there. Another guy, uh, I got him as a sleeper because I like his bounce back potential. That's Duncan Keith, mm -hmm. um, a guy who we talked about, you know, having that historically bad shooting percentage last year. It can't possibly hold up into this year. I'm sure he's worked hard in the offseason. Chicago didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, a, a very long offseason for Duncan Keith, which I think is refreshing for him and a lot of those 
Butler's cast members in, in Chicago. So, you know, a guy who usually puts up a lot of shots can hover around 200. A guy who, if this power play can get their act together, can most certainly hover around 20 to 25 power play points. Um, you know, lots of assists. You know, he, he's not going to score a lot of goals. Maybe we'll only get eight or nine goals. But his, his assist totals could be around, you know, around 35. So this could be a guy who gets back into the mid-40s, high-40s in, in, in points. And uh, if you can get that value from him, uh, I, I think you, you'd take it, you know, for a guy who's going in about the 14th, 15th round. So he's he's a great fourth defenseman in my mind, and, and I don't think many people should uh, should uh, should be afraid of taking him in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and my final one, this is more of a deeper sleeper, is uh, is Vince Dunn in St. Louis. Wow. Um, I, I I like this pick because there I talked about it briefly in the central preview is that. You know, there was a short little time span there in St. Louis where this guy got looks on the top PP. And the reality is, if you just look at pure puck movement, you know, who's the best puck moving defenseman on the Blues? Um, this guy might ha- be a better puck mover than Pareko and Petrangelo. Mm. And uh, and and if he can just if he can really you know get more looks on that first PP and really make an impression to Mike Yo and the staff there, I think you might have you know a power play specialist. You know, a guy who's going really late in drafts. I, I'm not even going to pull this up because he's probably not He's not getting drafted in a, in a ton of drafts. This is more of a waiver wire guy, but a guy that I would implore everyone to just keep a look on because the potential's there. Um, he, he can be a guy who totally a bunch of people sleep on, and next thing you know, he's getting looks on the power play. He's, he's assisting guys like Tarasenko and their other stars. And uh, yeah, I think he's a he's a young kid who who isn't really known in the league very much, but can most certainly make a name for himself. So don't sleep on Vince Dunn. Like I said, very 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 deep sleeper, but lots of upside for those points I made. So uh, that's why I got rounding out my uh, my sleepers there. Nice. I think that yeah. that that works well. <laughs> uh, let's move on over to the defensive bus. Uh, number one, I'll start with is Aaron Ekblad. Um, I love Ekblad. He's uh, he's a great defenseman. Uh, the only thing is he's not the top guy in Florida. Uh, he's going strangely high for a guy who's not on the top power play. He's, he's even ahead of Keith Yandel, who is on the top power play. Um, and, a, and a guy like uh, Morgan Riley and, and Rasmus Ristolainen are going after him. So I get the the hype that there's a, you know, it's the number one overall pick. And he's got a lot of offensive potential. He's a good shooter, but... There's guys definitely that have higher value that are going below him, especially if he's not going to be on that number one power play. I mean, maybe Yandel gets injured and Ekblad steps in. That that's fine, but right now that is not the case. Uh, another guy I want to touch on and someone I just kind of mentioned is Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, again, super hyped. Uh, Buffalo. He's they're, they're going to have room for him. He's a very talented guy, but we can't expect him to put up 50 points in his rookie year, can we? I mean, he's being drafted as a 50-point guy, but we don't know if he's even going to get uh, those top, top minutes in his, like at least right away. Sure, maybe he can work his way up as the season goes on, but I could easily see a scenario where he starts off a little bit sheltered and, uh, and maybe goes from there. So it's not someone I'd, I'd target in drafts as an elite guy. Um, not quite yet, at least. Um, and then the next one maybe is a, is a bit of a reach because he's not going that uh, he's not going that late or he's not going that early. But it's Nick Letty, and uh, Letty he's on an Islanders team that is 
Um, they're they're in a bit of trouble this year. His plus minus was already very poor. I know they're going to get a bit more structuring, but the main reason I have him here as a bust is because of a guy named Ryan Pollock, who is knocking on the door for that top power play spot. And I think Pollock is just such a capable power play specialist. He's got an absolute bomb and he shoots the puck like crazy. So I could easily see mid-season Letty losing that spot and just completely dropping off uh, fantasy relevance in that case. So those are my three busts. Yeah, I like them. And, and particularly, I like the Darlene one. And that's one of my picks. I, I think, yeah. you know, fans out there, they got to temper their expectations. Buffalo fans, leave the kid alone. He's, he's <laughs> going he's, he's gonna to be great in the long run. But please, to God, do not expect this guy to be like Phil Housley right out of the get-go. Yeah. Like, uh, th- th- this guy, he's, he's very young. A lot of people projecting him to be in between 40 and 50 points right out of the get-go. Please, no. Please, no. Don't do that to him. Um, he's going to slowly make his presence known. Reese is still the guy there, so please temper your expectations. Um, I expect, you know, 35 to 40 points. 40 would be great. I, I think 40 is a good goal for the kid in his first year. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd temper your expectations there. Number two, Alex Petrangelo, and this really ties into the Vince Dunn point. You know, he, he, yes, when Shattenkirk left, he kind of filled that hole, but he only filled the hole because no one else was really there to do it. I think with threats like Pareko with the big shot and guys like Vince Dunn who can move the puck like nobody else on the squad on the back end, I, I think, uh, I think you know, he's, he's one of those D who doesn't have a long leash on the back end. And not the biggest shot total guy, you know, anywhere from 170 to 180 is what to expect. You know, don't expect over 200. And, uh, you know, he might be relegated just being more of a defensive guy you know kind of just playing with jay bowmeister as this shutdown duo instead of this offensive threat who can really make his presence known in fantasy so i temper your expectations there as well so you know and again he's, he's going pretty high he's going about the uh he's going around where dumba Rensky, barry yandel are going so yeah please uh you know don't take him in the eighth or ninth round if he jumps into the hundreds then of course take him but but not in the eighth or ninth round Mm-hmm. And uh, my final one, and you're not going to like this very much, is is the man they called Ghost Gosh oh. Despair. I don't no, like the guy. No, no. I don't like the guy very much. I, I look at his track record, and you know how I feel about young players. If you haven't had a lot of reps in the NHL, I don't like having you. You know, as as a very. I like the veteran players more. I I, I have a hard time buying into these really young kids in their second or third year. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, yes, he had a good rookie season. He kind of elevated onto the scene and it was great to see but then he had that weird ass second full year where you know there was that drama with him and the coach and the coach would make him a healthy scratch every so often oh yeah and and and, and on the ice he was relegated to the third line and he wasn't getting power play time and 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 he only had 39 points in 76 games which was just dismal and then all of a sudden he jumps onto the scene last year and scores 65 in 78 so yes i applaud him that 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 was great uh, 221 shots. That's fantastic. 33 power play points among the leaders and, and defensemen. That's great. And and I'm not saying he's a bad player. He, he's just going a little too high. He's going in the Klingberg-Yossi range. Right. And the reality is I'd rather draft a guy like Klingberg or Yossi or Subban than a guy who's only had, you know, a few reps in, in Gostisbehar and, and who's only one year removed from having such a, you know, dismal season. So, you know, I, I need to see more from this player. In future years, maybe I'll like him more. But but for the time being, uh, I'm going to have to, you know, have some reservations on him. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. 
I mean, uh, I think he'll he'll prove he'll prove people wrong this year. I think he's gonna be a fan. I'm I'm actually I was fighting to get him into my top ten. I I tried hard, but it it was tough. I I had to exclude two excellent players in in John Carlson and Gostas Bear, but. Nevertheless, that concludes the episode of the top 10 NHL fantasy defensemen. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys learned a lot. And uh, we're going to see you next time on the most controversial episode of all, the goaltending position. See you next time.